This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Great to have you here today, and, and you know, what a beautiful fall day, great music to sort of start us out on, and, and today we have a really wonderful story that I, I'm going to share with you as we close our Reconnect series, and it's going to be about a table. It's going to be about a table, and, and, and who gets invited, and, and what is Christ talking about, and what does this actually have to do with our lives? So, I, you know, before I read the story, just a little bit of context for you. You know, as I mentioned before, it's interesting. Christ constantly uses a wedding banquet to describe heaven. And that's kind of nice. Like, we like weddings, right? Weddings are nice. They're good things. I had a beautiful one last night. But weddings, back in the day, were a big, big deal. It wasn't just that you got together, you know, and you exchanged niceties and, and all that. These things went on oftentimes for a week or two. And it was a huge, raucous party. And isn't that an interesting view of heaven? What is he trying to teach us here about ourselves and about, about our lives and, and ways that we could live? So what I want to do is I want to I read you the story, and then I'm going to talk about particular parts of it. And we're going to start to pull it apart. And that we're actually going to end up around this table by the end of the service. So for those of you who are looking at home, this is Luke 14. When one of those at the table heard with him, with Jesus, heard this saying, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. So, so the context of it is this is a bunch of people sitting around. Now, now Christ, no doubt, by this time, what we know historically, he was quite a famous guy. So he was somebody who, if you were somebody, you wanted to have him over to dinner. So they're sitting at this table, and here's this guy, no doubt really impressed. He's probably invited a lot of his friends, like, I know the guy. He comes over to dinner at least once a week. You know, how about you join us? And so this guy at the head of the table says, hey, this is just terrific. This is, the, this, is this great feast. Jesus replied, it's, it's, so, it's so great. Like, you know, instead of Jesus going like, oh, thank you for the invitation. He gives a story. And the story is designed to take our view of how we think the world works not to justify it, but to actually turn it on its head, to actually flip it, to get us to think in new ways. Jesus replied, and again, like you have to see this with a big smile. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And you could imagine the guy at the top of the table going like, that was me, that was me. At the same time, the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. We're gonna look at that line. That's pretty significant. But they all alike began to make excuses. Similar to the story we saw a few weeks ago. The first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I bought, the, I bought five, oak, five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. In other words, I bought a new car. I've got to give it a spin. Please excuse me. And, it, you know, like, and again, these, just like you folks, every time he said one of these, the people would have laughed. Because it's kind of funny. Still another said, I just got married. So I can't come. Well, that one is excusable. The servant came back and reported this to his master, and the owner of the house became very angry, ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town. Bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Sir, the servant said, 
what you ordered has been done and there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes. Make them come in so that my house will be full. So that my house will be full. Can we say that line together? So that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who will get invited will actually see what this banquet is all about. It's a beautiful, incredible line, I think, that gets us to think in very deep and rich ways. So the line I want to start out with is is this one. It's kind of interesting. It starts out by saying we're all invited. So, So the invitation goes out to this banquet. Now, please raise your hand. I'm assuming all of us have been invited to something, right? Right? And what's that little thing at the bottom? What are those four letters? Please say them really loud. It says... RSVP. For teenagers, that means you better reply. RSVP. It says RSVP. And then it gives you the date. Makes sense, right? Like, when is this going to be? So there's an interesting flip of the story here. Christ says, yeah, it's like, goes out, makes these invitations. I get that. And then it says, he goes back out and he says, come for everything is ready now. Imagine that being the wedding invitation. Not like on November 14th, we, we respectfully request the pleasure of your presence at the wedding of my daughter. He says, please say the N-word. He says, come right now. I hope you got that. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting flip? Come right now. Like the banquet is right here, right now. But of course, for most people, you know, it's, 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 we have a hard time accepting an invitation now in any way, shape, or form. So we come up with a list of our excuses. Again, that's what we were looking at before. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. That one's horrible. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I already bought 10 oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another horrible one. Still another said, I just can't, I, I just got married, so I can't come. It, it's, it's these beautiful lines and these, these excuses again that we make time and time again to avoid this invitation into what is now. That's the way I said that. These excuses we make to avoid the invitation to what is right now. I think we're constantly saying, not here, not now, not me, not you, not them. A whole bunch of excuses. And again, the neck can sound so sort of lofty. But, you know, just this morning, you know, I get up really early and I go down to Wawa to get a cup of coffee. And I'm down there getting my cup of coffee. And as I'm pulling into Wawa... I am having a thought, a thought, this will be important for next week, a crazy thought about an argument I had when I was a uh, head swim team coach at Pocono Mountain High School over 20 years ago. Over 20 years ago. How many of us have argued with people where the argument was 20 years ago? You know, you've just done that maybe even this morning, right? You see, here God is giving me this now. And I've got to go back 20 years to settle scores. That's nuts. That's what we do. It's my excuse somehow for not being completely present to what God is asking me to be. 
See, I think a lot of the time, folks, what we struggle with, listen carefully, I may take a note on this on my phone. We struggle with having an inadequate ideal. An inadequate ideal. Where we, we don't have, we have an ideal sort of in our mind, but it's inadequate. We don't really get that the invitation actually, actually is right now. That, that part, folks, you know, it's like as a pastor, you never want to overstate things, and yet you do. <laughs> and, and, and that's so important. Like, like what, if, what if heaven really is right here, right now? You know, and yes, in new church, believe clearly, clearly in a life after death, clearly in heaven. I believe that to the very bottom of my soul. But what if the way we get there is by living heaven now? Heaven all the way to heaven, or hell all the way to hell. Like, what if we chose to live that now? And I I think we actually are free to do that. It, It takes some thought, it takes some flips, but I do believe that we really are asked to do that. As we understand that, as we start to understand that, and we, and we start to come to terms like, yeah, God's asking me to involve in heaven now. It will inevitably pull up action into our brain, into our hearts, into our hands. It inevitably will start to stir something within us. Like if I'm really into heaven right now, and I'm not thinking about the argument 20 years ago, I'm able to see the needs that are right in front of me, whatever those needs might be. If I'm back here 20 years ago, I can't see any needs. Not a one. Except for my need to somehow justify something. To to win an argument. How do I do that? See, because once we start to get very present, then it can really work. And if we don't get really present, I think maybe we end up like this New Yorker cartoon. It says at the bottom there, it's a couple of people at Starbucks, and, and the guy's saying, I do plenty. That mem I posted on Facebook will go a long way toward healing the nation. You know, I mean, there's people this afternoon who are going to be just typing away, feeling like they're healing the nation on Facebook. Yeah, that's part of it, but, but, there's, but there's a presentness that's different than I'm talking about here. So as the band comes out, as the band comes out for the next song, Let's really think about, yeah, what does that look like? Because I really start to engage, as I really start to understand what this table means, how we start to gather around this table, what that actually can start to look like in our lives. Guys, you can come on out. What that actually starts to look like in our lives and how we can join in that banquet. Not putting it off, not with excuses, but literally, literally, and we're going to practice this, literally doing it, Choosing it right here, right here, and right now. So, you know, as, as we collect, as we, we come together, that idea of a family, the idea of a banquet, the idea of a wedding banquet, such a beautiful image, right? I mean, a really beautiful image. It's, it's interesting because it's, it's, it's not a view of heaven that's for the frozen chosen, <laughs> You know, it's very much a living, breathing, embodied view of what heaven is and what it can be in our lives. 
And that all gets back to, again, this series of, of reconnecting. You know, with, with this series, the first week we looked at, am I listening? So, so can you listen? The first part of reconnecting. Is what I'm offering true? Is it kind? Last week we looked at, is it useful? And this week we're looking at this table. All are welcome. So if, so if it can be those things, like if we can learn to communicate that way, to relate to one another that way, where we're, where we're really listening, we're really honest, we're really kind, we're offering things that are helpful and useful, and we're welcoming. We can literally, through those five things, create heaven on earth. Now, does it mean that all cancer goes away and all this goes away and all that goes away? No. But it means that there's a new force underneath that storm, alive in our lives, that can be a deep force of healing out there into the world. Both our own world on the inside as well as the world out there. I mean, just again, imagine those five things lived out. And think of the world that that starts to create. Now, it's interesting, you know, as as Christ is talking about those five things, as we're pulling together here with the idea of a table, it's, it's interesting to see how he expands the view of the table here. You know, and expands the view into this, this sort of, I say it very tongue in cheek, into this very receptive view where he's going like wedding crashers are in. You have the normal group that you'd have. You know, the, the guy says, yeah, you know, kingdom of heaven, it's like you invite all these people and, and a bunch of them come, but a bunch of them give excuses. And then he says, then you have to go out and you have to start bringing people in, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And it kind of gets, well, why? And then he says this. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And there he's really talking to us. It's not that we're like, we're like the ones who get it. And we get to be around the table and then we get to go out and get all those people who don't. It's, what it is is there's parts of us that get it. There's parts of us that don't. And in this banquet, our job is to continue to reach out again and again and again. This is where that inadequate ideal gives way around this table to a compelling vision. Inadequate ideal gives way to a very compelling vision. Look at these beautiful words here, I think, that start to describe it. De facto salvation has little to do with belief systems or belonging to the right group or the correct spiritual practice. Just starting there, I love New Church bit about like, look, when we get to the next life, they're not going to ask you what you believed. Angels aren't going to ask you that. They're going to talk about how you lived. How was life for you? How was life? Goes on to say, it has everything to do with living right here, right now, and fully accepting what God is this very moment giving to you. Accepting what God is giving to you this moment. Really being present to it. Even, Even the stuff that's hard. It's not, again, like viewing God, you know, we don't have a concept that God sort of gives us the hard stuff to test us. The hard stuff just happens. It's part of life. It's part of living in a space and time environment. And even in those moments, we can still search underneath for the gifts that God is so earnestly trying to push to the top. 
so with, with such gentle, incredible care, trying to push to the top and share. Goes on to say, all you can do is sit down at the banquet and eat. I like that. If you can enjoy heaven, if you can enjoy heaven now, you are totally prepared for heaven later. If you can enjoy heaven now, you are totally prepared for heaven later. That gets back again to Christ's idea, like my house will be full. And we come to that nowness, we come to that ability to connect, and the world can start to open. Now, folks, this is where we're going to try something we've never tried here at New Church Live before. So uh, you don't have to do it. I just want to open it up to you if you'd like to do it. So what I want to do is I actually want to preach the last part of the sermon with us gathered around a table. Now, again, it will be standing for about 10 minutes. You're like, I can't stand for 10 minutes. You don't have to come up. No one has to come up. But just if you'd like to join me for the last part of the service here, I want to sort of give people an experience of what it is to actually gather around a table. So if you're brave enough, please come forward and we'll gather right around this table right here. We can crowd on in. This is a big table. <laughs> Nobody's having this many people for Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> thought you were waving at me, Bob. <laughs> so, you know, you think about the way this story goes. All right, here's Christ, and he's saying, like, look, it's, it's about, I'm going to cry. You guys look all so beautiful here. You know, it's, it's, it's like, here's Christ saying, like, look, this is what heaven's all about. It's about this beautiful gathering. And we invite the people who we think belong, right? But then there's also these other people that we want to invite in. So this is where you guys have to be honest. I need like three people to raise their hand who are having a hard day today. All right, we got one. We got a couple others. Come on, give me two other people who are having a hard day. All right, we got two and we got three. So allow them to come right here, right into the middle. <laughs> <laughs> And so like in Christ is saying, like, and gather those people even closer. Like, just, let's just sit with that for a minute. Like, gather those people even closer. Gather them closer. See, there's, there's a flip. There's a flip that he's talking about here. Look up here at the slide. We tend to gather in a community of interests. Like, I would love to have dinner with Penn State fans every day if I could. You know, just a community of interest, that's it. Just people who are interested in the same thing I am. But what Christ is asking of us, please listen carefully here. Christ is saying, no, I actually need you to gather around a community of? Commitments. commitments. Let's say commitments together. Community of? Commitments. A community of commitments. See, all of us here, right, have had the family dinner table. Is that always a lot of fun, folks? How many of us have had the family dinner from you know where? All of you better raise your hand, right? We all have, right? You see, but if it was, if it's more than just family dinner matters. Listen carefully, teenagers up there. Family dinners matter more than just being a gathering of interests. How many of us have had a magical moment at a family dinner? 
A moment that changed your life. A connection. That's because you had created a community, say the second one, a community of commitments. That commitment had led to something just beautiful. And then we all start to understand fullness in a very different way. Look at this next slide here. We start to understand fullness, like, like where Christ says, like, my house, please say it with me, my house will be full. full. My house will be full. My house will be full. And this is what he's talking about. Who would like to read the first one there? That says, fullness is a new kind of keep fellowship of a new community. Great. Next one, who wants to read the next one? Where not only hands are joined, but experiences as well. Great. So it's not just hands, it's experiences joining as well. Now look at the next one. Somebody from over here who wants to read. Where one hears the rhythm, rhythmic beat of the heart starved for companionship and all embracing sympathy. Great. Next one. Where we experience the blessed and broken grandeur of the faith commitment together. That's it. Isn't that beautiful? That's so beautiful. See, that's where folks, like, when we get that this is, this is a commitment. It's a beautiful commitment. And understand, like, it's not a commitment like you're being asked to slave labor. It's, it's a commitment to a wedding banquet. You get it? To a wedding banquet, this beautiful, incredible banquet. Now, I want to share with you what that can really look like. Like, can we actually reenact that in life? Well, you know, I'm a reading junkie. And, and Dave Brooks had this beautiful, beautiful arg, uh, article, and it was called What We Need Next. And it was about a couple who decided that they were going to sort of open their house up for at-risk teenagers and invite these teenagers over to eat at their house. And they have like 20-plus kids, you know, a, a day who will come over and eat with them. So I want you just to stand where you are, if you're still feeling comfortable, and take a look at this video here on what David Brooks was talking about. In D.C., I have two friends named Kathy and David, and they had a kid who went to a public school, and that kid had a friend who who had no real home. His dad had split, mom had drug and health problems, so they said to the kid, come over, stay with us. You can live with us, eat if you need, go to school. And then that kid had a friend in the same circumstance, and that kid had a friend. And so if you go to their house, and I do every Thursday and hopefully on Mondays, there's 10, 15, 25 kids there, 18 to 22, just getting some food. We, uh, last week, a young woman came and said she was 21. This was the first time she'd been around a dinner table since she was 11. My, it took my daughter once, and she said, this is the warmest home I've ever been in. They call Kathy and David mom and dad, and there's just a warmth and embrace. And what we give them, that we as adults give them the gift of being their audience. And so there's a kid named Ed who would read from his flip phone poetry he'd written, there's a, a woman named Kasari who would sing like a New Orleans jazz singer. And you just received them, and they defined themselves in front of you. And what they gave to us was a complete intolerance for social distance. So when I meet most of you, I like shake hands, and there's a little distance there because we don't really know each other. But the first time I walked into their house, I reached my hand out to one of the kids, and he said, we don't shake hands here. We hug. <laughs> and so... 
big hugs, and you're just physically draped around each other. And we were in a forum, and I quoted this guy, um, Bill Milliken, and he said, I'm often asked, in 50 years of doing this, what programs work to turn around lives? And he said, I've done this 50 years, I've never seen a program turn around a life. I see relationships turn around lives, and I see love turn around lives. I think, you know, boy, that's powerful, isn't it? Like, just watch. Does somebody want to just shout out what was powerful about that to them? Anybody want to share something real quick? Go ahead. Somebody said. Caring. Caring. The caring that was there. Just relationships turning around lives. It's the relationships that turn around lives. Generosity. The, The incredible generosity, right? The incredible generosity of this. Is it possible, folks, for us to reenact the wedding banquet? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Like, like you can see it there. Look at this beautiful line about them, how we discover heaven. Heaven is not just a future destiny, but it is the other hidden dimension of our ordinary lives. God's dimension, if you would like. Heaven here, heaven now. A heaven we can experience in this banquet. It gets to this point too, folks, when we really understand that, we understand, let's say it loud, we understand that that all are welcome. I mean, just again, look around the faces here for a minute. That all are welcome at this banquet. And the secret, who gets to choose it? We do. We get to choose it now. And we get to choose it here. So if you are brave enough now as we we close the service, what I wanted to do was I wanted us just to say a prayer together. If any of you folks back there decide you want to join us up here, you're welcome to, or you're welcome to stay back there in the seat. I see a couple people coming up. Uh, You're welcome to come on up. Uh, You know, I want to offer a prayer and then I don't know if this will work or not. Can I, can we try something that's a little different? All right, this is a little different. It may not work. I'll just throw it out there. Ray has a beautiful last song, and I thought we could all sit here like groupies and sing it with Ray for the last song. All right, so just pretend you're a Ray groupie if you're embarrassed, and, and it'll, it'll, all be, it'll, it'll all be good. There we go. So please join me in a prayer. If you're beside someone you love or someone you feel comfortable with, feel free to hold hands. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence among us. Thank you for your presence, Lord, among those who are struggling, among those, Lord, who are feeling in pain. Be with us, Lord. Be with them. Lord, and and find a way, find a way into our hearts, a way to help us to understand that heaven, that heaven is now. That we get to choose that now, that the wedding banquet is not an RSVP for 50 years down the road. The RSVP is today. Today. We can live that today. In lives that are blessed, in lives that are broken. Be here now. All. All, Lord. All. All are welcome to this feast. Thank you, Lord. The festival of friends, the connection, 
the promise, heaven. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.